Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. I can't do away with this blanket. I can't do away with my money. I can't do away with uh, with the drugs. I can't do away with the alcohol. I, I, I can't do away with this relationship. I need that, Lord. I want to follow you, but I, I, can't, I can't let, let go, go of, this. of this. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. All right. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, I want to show you some things here. This is what we would call also the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6. We're going to just clue into one verse here, Matthew 6 and uh, verse number 9. And it says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right. We're going to look at verse 13 uh, here very briefly today. And if I can get the media ministry to, to give me some more light, I would uh, definitely appreciate that. All right. As we see here in verse number 13, it says here, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We want to clue in just on that first part. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, that same verse, uh, the Message Bible, reads like this. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. And that's really where we want to go with today. As we talk about the security blanket. As the Lord Jesus instructs us to pray keep us safe from ourselves and from the devil. Here in the Lord's Prayer, we realize that the enemy, yes, can be a threat, but we're also a threat to our own selves. He says, keep us from ourselves and from the devil. It's not always the devil that's causing trouble in your life. Sometimes it's you. You making wrong decisions getting into stuff that we know we ought not to get into, saying things we know we ought not to say. So the Lord adds in this prayer, and I'm so thankful for the Lord Jesus. And there are other things that we're going to see here just briefly. I, but I'm so thankful for the Lord that he would add this in the prayer uh, because this part of the prayer helps us to prepare our heart and get our heart ready. Because the majority of the time, the things that we're going through, uh, as we said, is not the devil, is not other people, is not demons majority of the time the things that we go through are directly because of us and the things that we have done we have planted bad seed and we get bad harvest so the lord helps us as he puts this in the prayer now i want to show you something else here in the lord's prayer and then we're going to go on there are two other people that we've got to see today notice what the lord says here in verse number nine and notice the progression of the verses i want to show you just a few things we're going to go on he says, after this manner, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen, so that's worship, right? He's worshiping, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. All right, that's the Lord's, that's the Father's will. 
verse number 11, give us this day our daily bread. And 12, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Notice the order. The Lord tells us, instructs us to worship the Father first, be concerned about the Father's will, second. He also tells us to pray for our needs, third. Fourth, he talks about sin. Forgive us of our sins. What a lot of people do when you go in to pray, if there is sin on your life or if you are sin conscious, we can say, the first thing we do is say, God, forgive me because of what I've done. But the Lord Jesus puts things in perspective. He allows you to come into his presence with worship. He allows you to ask or to, or to, to declare the Father's will. Then he allows you to ask for what you want. And then he says, let's talk about the sin. Isn't that wonderful? Now, this is the way that Jesus told you to pray. This shows you the heart and mind of the Father. He's more concerned about you than the other stuff in your life. Isn't that wonderful? He's more concerned about you than the things that are in your life. Now, uh, make, no mistake, make no mistake about it. The Bible declares that the wages of, of sin is death. Sin causes death. It will kill you. There's no doubt about it. It will kill a relationship. It will kill a marriage. It will kill your finances. It will kill. It will bring death into your home. It will bring sickness, disease, poverty. Sin brings all these things, all the bad, all the negative things. Sin brings it in. But look what the Lord Jesus says here. Uh, he says that we can ask for our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. And then let's talk about the mess in your life, right? There's a popular song that says, Lord, look beyond my faults. And he saw my needs, right? He says, let's talk about the needs first. And then let's get to the underlying problem. And that's just so wonderful. All right. Now, in verse 13, then we talk about leading us not into temptation. That is deliverance from ourselves. After we confess the sin before him, then he begins to deal with our heart. Uh, as, he, as he declares, keep us from ourselves or lead us not into temptation. He begins to deal with your heart. As he deals with um, your needs, uh, then he deals with the sin, the outcome of the sin, we can say that, the outcome of stuff that's in your heart. And then he deals with the heart, the very root of the matter, uh, that is you. Lead us not into temptation. Or we can say, keep us from ourselves, because there are some things in us that is leading us into doing things that are sinful. And keep us from the devil. I appreciate the Lord also dividing those two, keep us from ourselves and the devil. Because there are some things that you are not doing, but the enemy is doing. And as we take authority over him and we pray for deliverance, then those things will go from us. In many cases in Scripture where, uh, where an individual... Uh, was sick because of a spirit. When the Lord Jesus cast out the spirit of deafness or we cast out the spirit of, 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 of uh, epilepsy or what have you, then when that spirit went out, that, those symptoms or that disease also went out and the person was completely healed and well. So we have to be able to discern uh, what is us and what is the enemy. What is us and what is the enemy? The Lord has that uh, uh, in this prayer. Now, also, these in, in the Lord's Prayer here, these are di different dispensations, different things that the Lord uh, has been doing throughout 
uh, throughout time and history. In the very beginning, uh, we could see the Lord's glory. Hallowed be his name as he created everything. His will was done. Then as the Lord Jesus came and uh, through the mouths of the prophets, the Lord began to uh, give needs. He began to uh, meet his people's needs. We can really see that there in children of Israel as they ate from uh, the manna that came from heaven. He gave them their needs. And, and then, of course, he dealt with sins also there. And now, as he's getting closer to the end of time, as we see the very end of verse 13, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This is the very end of uh, life as we know it down here, the end of time. And what takes place before the end of time? The very thing that takes, the very first thing that takes place for the end of time, one God deals with men's hearts, and then he deals with the devil before the end of time. So we can see this in the last days. What anointing is God going to pour out over his church in the last days? I mean, we've had, as we said before, we've had messages on prosperity, verse 11. We've, we've had messages on sin, and you better come out of sin because you're going to hell unless you stop. We've heard fire and brimstone. We've heard all of this. But as we're closing to the time where the, as we come into the time when the Antichrist is beginning to take power, and before the resurrection, or rather before the, uh, uh, before the rapture of the church, before that takes place, God will deal with our hearts, He'll deal with our hearts, and then he'll deal with the enemy, delivering, delivering his people, delivering those that are here on the earth from uh, satanic rule. So this is very wonderful and good news. So we're actually right here, right where we're supposed to be at this current time. Because a lot of the problems here again that we're facing is because of things that are in us. The reason that we cannot go and witness to somebody or tell others about the goodness of the Lord Jesus, it's not because we don't know the word. It's not because we don't know the Bible or we don't have a Bible. It's not because we haven't been taught, but because of something that's in us. It's fear and other things, fear of rejection and all these other little things that are in us that are preventing us from going forward and doing what God says do. So in this last generation, God is raising up a, a people. He's raising up fighters. He is raising up warriors, those that would conquer the enemy on the inside and then go forth with limitless power, with limitless power. You see, because he has to deal with the person on the inside of you. He has, he has to deal with your, your true heart and nature because if he doesn't, if he just pours a lot of power on you, uh, you'll have a lot of power, but you'll be too scared to go and do anything with it. So he has to deal with the inside of you first, and that's what he's doing right now on this hour. So I pray uh, that you are uh, ready to hear what the Lord says. All right, now let's go to the book of Mark, Mark the 10th chapter. Now we said all that to get right back to here. He's dealing with the heart. He's dealing with your heart, getting your heart ready so that he may invest limitless power on the inside of you. He's getting his army ready for this in time revival for this in time awakening he's getting us ready all right we're going to talk about the uh, security blanket now in mark the 10th chapter verse number 17 it says and when he was gone forth into the way there came one running and kneeled uh, to him and asked him good master what shall i do that i may inherit eternal life and jesus said unto him why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. Now, I love that question. 
He's not, the Lord Jesus is not saying that I am not good. He's asking the man, why are you calling me that? There's none good but God. Do you know, have you gotten a revelation that I am God in the flesh? I appreciate that. Do you have that revelation? Then he goes on. He said, thou knowest the commandment. Uh, do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Uh, defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Verse 21. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. I love that. He looked at him. He knew what was going on in the man's heart. The man may not have known, but Jesus knew. And this is where we are today, right here, as we talk about the security blanket. The Lord Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Now, the Lord was setting him up for a miracle. Because he says further on in other accounts of the gospel, I believe in the book of Luke, uh, the 18th chapter, in the book of Matthew, the 19th chapter, he tells his disciples that no man that has left houses and lands and all these things, nobody that has left all those things uh, will not inherit it. Uh, 100-fold in this time, in this life, now. So if this young man had left all of that to follow Christ, he would have multiplied everything that he had by 100. Are you with me? But he could not leave it because the, that money was his security blanket. It was what he used for comfort. And I have a little cloth in my hand and we'll call this a security blanket today are you with me the Lord came to him and simply said now this man was a good moral person but he understood that he was not completely pleasing to the father he knew that there was a hole on the inside of him something that he was missing and he came to the Lord and asked him, what am I lacking? What am I missing in my life? And the Lord said, get rid of what you got and follow me. Before we get to the hundredfold and so forth and so on, we're really going to just look at this one part right here. Get rid of what you have, loose or release what you have, and follow me. The man went away sorrowful. Why? Because he didn't want to release this. He didn't want to release it. Now, he wanted to follow Jesus, but he couldn't release this because this was a security blanket. His money was a security blanket. This was keeping him. This kept him his... Now, if we... Let me give you a definition of security blanket. A security blanket is a blanket or other familiar item uh, carried especially by a young child to provide uh, reassurance and a feeling of psychological security. A, a blanket is a blanket carried by a child to reduce anxiety. This is something that I need. I, I, I need this, Lord. I, I, need, I can't do away with this blanket. I can't do away with my money. I can't do away with, uh, with the drugs. I can't do away with the alcohol. 
I, I, I can't do away with this relationship. I need that, Lord. I want to follow you, but I can't let go of this. This, to him, is a security blanket. We can also call this a third wheel. You and Jesus are going out on a date. You're going to, you're going to get to know one another. And uh, he says, I'll pick you up at 7. And uh, the Lord opens the door for you, and you, he's treating you like a lady. Praise the Lord. Open the door for you, close the door, and you get in. And uh, you say, hold on, Jesus, let my friend get in here too. You want to carry it? You want to carry this thing with you too? And he says, okay. You go to the mall, walk around. You're holding his hand. You want to hold his hand, but you say, hold on, Lord. We got to go back and pick up my friend. Always with you, that third wheel, always with you. Want to come to church and worship. Always there, always there, always there. That thing that you can't let go of. Now, because of this thing, you and Jesus will never be intimate. Because you'll never have time alone. Because there's always this third wheel. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There are some things that you just won't be able to do. You won't be able to have a private conversation because you got this security blanket. And so the man, when the Lord said to him, all right, you need to let go of that and then come on and follow me. Let go of that relationship. Let go of that thing, and then you'll have the ability to follow me. He said, I, I can't do that because this is what I need to keep me safe and, and warm and, and feel secure. But the Lord was wanting to give him all of that in him. Are you with me? So we can look at this security blanket here again as being a, a third wheel, something else that people think that a lot of members in the, of a church think that they need in order uh, to exist with God. You say, well, well I, I love the Lord, but, you know, I got to have my little stuff over here. Uh, you know, I love you, Jesus, but I, I got to do this. It is as if to say that you and Jesus is not enough. You've got to have something else. That's that third wheel. Well, I want to serve, but, you know, I've got to have my fun. I've I, I got to have my excitement. I like what this does for me. But don't you know that all of that stuff is counterfeit? Jesus can give you a whole lot more than that. But it's, it's become a, a binky, a baby blanket. Jesus, I, I can't let go of my binky. I got to have this because this makes me feel, this makes me feel better. When I'm under pressure, when I'm under, an, when I'm under an attack, when I'm under stress, when I'm fearful, I grab my binky and I hold on to it. I may even suck my thumb. And this makes me feel better, Jesus, to do this. When, when I do this activity, when I go here or when I go there, when I pick this up, when I pick that up, it makes me feel better. It's my security blanket. Yeah, Jesus, yes, I want to serve you. Yes, I really do, but I need this. The Lord said, hey, you want to be intimate, intimate with me? You want to follow me? You want to walk with power? Let go of that blanket. Surrender the blanket to me. Surrender the blanket. But see, not a lot of people know that you're actually carrying a binky, carrying a blanket, carrying a security blanket. You pick it up every time you get stressed out. That's what you go to. You go to your binky. It may be a 40, it may be a 50. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe a horoscope. Maybe I don't know what it is. But whatever you go to, that's your security blanket. 
And the Lord said, well, come here. I want to be intimate with you. I want to show you things. I want to do greater things for you. He says, I can do more for you than he can, than the other man can. Now, I can do more for you than that can, than she can. I can do more for you than them. But you'll never get to know that while you're carrying your binky. Security blanket. Let's go look at another individual that had a security blanket that walked with them, walked with a security blanket, and how the Lord Jesus dealt with it. Let's go to the book of John, the fourth chapter, John 4. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You see, because that little binky, that security blanket, is the very thing that's keeping you out of the presence of God. It's keeping you out of the fullness of God, out of the fullness of a relationship with Jesus Christ. That binky, that blanket. Now, some people, it could be a temper. Just anger. And when, when pressure hits, they go back and they grab their anger blanket. Or when pressure hits, they go back and grab their depression blanket. When pressure hits, they may go, they may go and cry. They, people do a lot of things to relieve themselves of pressure. But whatever that binky is, whatever your security blanket is, it's keeping you from experiencing the power, the full power and presence of God. I can assure you of that. The first step to get delivered from your security blanket is, first of all, realize that you got one. And if you want to go higher in the Lord, you got to realize, I got to release this. Because this thing here is a source of pain. Now, I don't know if you understand that or not. Because every time you go to this security blanket, it will produce some sort of pain in you it will drag you down. It will put weights on you. And when you're done with this security blanket, you wonder why you did it. You wish you hadn't done it and all these other things that you deal with this security blanket. Do you have a security blanket? Now let's go, as we said, to the book of John, John the fourth chapter. Let's get some deliverance and see how the Lord dealt with it. So in the rich man's case, the Lord showed him that his money was his security blanket. He couldn't get to where Jesus was because he didn't want to release his money. He didn't want to release this thing. He thought that he had need of this. And here again, that's what a security blanket is in our lives. We think we have need of it. We think that you and Jesus is not enough. So many Christians or so many people that attend church, we can say, Say, I have to have something else. Being a Christian is not exciting enough. It's, 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 it's not glamorous enough. It's, it's boring. It's this and it's that. So we got to get something else. And in fact, when people uh, are standing around, they say, I'm bored. They, uh, they say, they don't just twiddle their thumbs, but they're thinking about what can I do? What can I add to this moment? that would make it more exciting, that would give me pleasure, that would give me gratification. And the thing that you reach over and grab is killing you. Hallelujah. In John, the fourth chapter, we're going to see another person here talk about the woman at the well who also had a security blanket. But she was able to overcome her security blanket. Are you with me? Because as you overcome your security blanket, you will find, here again, power, 
you will find peace, you will find rest, rest as you overcome it. Now, in John the fourth chapter, John 4, and uh, let's start at verse number, number 5. Rather, we'll start at verse 4. John 4, verse 4. And he must needs go through Samaria, talking about Jesus. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, uh, Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour, it's about noon. I want you to catch a scenario here before we can go any further, because there's a, there's a picture developing here. Well, let me go a little bit further. Verse number, verse number seven says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away uh, unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Samaritans. Now we'll stop there just for a second. There's a strong picture that's developing here that will help you to release your security blanket. We see again in verse number five that the Lord is now, this encounter takes place in the city of Sychar. It says here that uh, the Lord came to a city, of, a city of Samaria. They were not in Samaria at that moment. They were in a city of Samaria or town of Samaria. And the name of the place where they were was called Sychar. Say Sychar. Now, Sychar, being interpreted, means drunken. You're going to get this in a minute. Sychar means drunken. Or uh, we could say a state of intoxication, where you are no longer in control, but another spirit is in control of you. Are you with me? So they're in a city that's called drunken. Sychar, drunken. And the Lord Jesus is sitting on Jacob's well. Now, the word Jacob means heel catcher. It also means surplanter. Now, heel catcher describes exactly what Jacob did as he came forth out of his mother's womb. He caught hold of his twin brother's heel as they were coming out of the womb. Surplanter is also what Jacob did. Uh, when Jacob, Jacob wanted his brother's blessing, he wanted the birthright. Uh, so, of course, he did two things. One, he sold his, uh, he, uh, he uh, made a pot of stew and he offered it to his brother and his brother uh, decided to receive it. He sold, uh, Esau, Jacob's brother, uh, sold his birthright to Jacob for a pot of stew. We understand that. Uh, but that was just the first part of that agreement. He had to now go to his father, Isaac, and get the birthright transferred. Esau, Jacob's brother, was a very hairy person. Uh, Jacob was smooth, smooth man. So he had to fool his father Isaac. Now Isaac was very old and eyes dim, halfway blind. 
When it came time for Isaac to die, uh, it was customary that the father, in this case Isaac, would put his hand on the firstborn and transfer the blessings. Jacob wanted the blessing of his elder brother. So therefore, you know, he fooled him or swindled him out of birthright because of the suit. But now he wanted the official blessing from Isaac. So Jacob went and uh, he got some hair off of, off of an am animal and he just uh, glued it on himself or put it some kind of way on himself so that when he went to his father's bedside, his father felt the hair on his arm, felt like, oh, you got hairy arms, you must be Esau. And so Isaac released the blessing upon Jacob. Now, here again, Jacob's name means hill catcher and also means supplanter. Supplanter means to take the place of another. That's exactly what it means, to take the place of another. So Jacob here as well, at the time of uh, birthing, or rather at the time of uh, blessing, also lives out his name. He took the place of his brother Esau. And of course his brother Esau got mad and there's a whole other thing going on. Not going to get to all that today. But I want you to see here, because these names are, are highly symbolic. They're in a place of drunkenness, and the Lord Jesus is sitting on the well that's called Jacob. A supplanter, one that takes the place of something else. All right? That's what's in this well. You're taking the place of something for something else. This well, this drunken place, is going to be taking the place of something else that you're bringing. Now, let's go a little bit deeper. Are you all still with me? We got to build for a little while. Here's this lady. She comes from Samaria, where she lives, quite a distance from Jacob's well. Are you with me? Quite a distance. I can see her now. La, 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 la. Okay, we're not going to do that. I can see her now going to the well. She's got her bucket in her hand trying to draw some water. She sees from afar off a man. I'm sure somebody would take care of that. I'm sure she sees uh, from afar off a man sitting on the well and knows from a distance that this man is Jewish. Now, already an attitude begins to develop because you can hear it in her voice later on. I'm coming to draw some water and what that Jewish man going to do there? Because she's thinking already that he is going to judge her on the basis of how she looks and where she's from. She knows that Jewish people, Jewish, the Jewish people have nothing to do with Samaritans. You ever been around somebody that has nothing to do with you? How they snub you? Hmm. Won't even look at you. They look down on you and all that stuff. So it's already, already she's coming up with an attitude with her, with her uh, water bucket. Just, I'm just trying to get some water so I can go home. I ain't got no time to fool with this man. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he got here. He need to go back to Jerusalem where he came from. But he's sitting here uh, on the place. I got to go there. Hmm. And so she finally gets there. And uh, she puts her water pot down there. And I'm sure she's lowering it down, lowering it down um, into the well. He better not say nothing to me. Lowering it down into the well. Are y'all getting in the story here? You get into the account. Lowering it down into the well. And then he got the nerve to say something to her. He says, give me some water. 
Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> How are you being a Jew asking water of me who am a Samaritan woman? I'm sure you realize that y'all Jews have nothing to do with us Samaritans. Y'all think y'all better than us. He said, woman, if you only knew who I was and the gift of God and the gift of God that, um, that is within me, you'd ask of me and I would give you living order. And the conversation goes on from there. But I want you to see this development. I want you to see this picture and how it's coming about. Are you with me? Because right now, they're having a conversation. The woman has her pail there, and it's now on the side, and she's having a conversation with the Lord Jesus. And, and the Lord Jesus is about to deal with her heart. He's using this well, he's using the city, he's using the surroundings as an object lesson for her and for us today to get rid of our security blankets. Are you with me? All right. Now, let's go a little bit further. I want you to see this. Are y'all still praying with me today? Now, listen to what the Word of God says. It says in verse, uh, verse number 6 again, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied uh, with his journey, sat on the well, and it was about uh, 12 o'clock, the sixth hour. About 12 o'clock. Are you with me? So it's hot. The sun is up. The Lord is thirsty. She comes to draw water. Uh, verse number 9 says, then, then the woman of Samaria um, said to him, how, how is it that thou, being a Jew, ask of drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask, have asked of him, and he would have given thee uh, living water. Now, that's extremely important. Before we go any further, I don't think we'll be able to finish all this today. We'll have to do a part number two. This is extremely important. Now, understand something here. The Lord said, if you knew who I was, how many of you know who Jesus is? He said, and if you knew the gift of God, how many of you know the gift of God? The gift of God is who? Is the Holy Spirit. That's the gift of God, the Holy Spirit. If you knew me, and if you knew the gift of God that I have, you would ask of me, the Lord said, you would ask of me, and I would give you living waters. Living waters to quench your thirst. Now, we go a little bit further. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Uh, from whence then hast thou that living water? Now listen, this represents the the problem that, that man has. She says, sir, you have nothing to draw with. Nothing by which to get satisfaction from. You're thirsty too, sir, just like I am. Now, before we get into furtherness, I need to define the word thirst for you. Uh, to thirst means to, uh, of course, means to suffer thirst. Figuratively, it means those who are said to thirst who uh, painfully feel their want of and eagerly long for those things uh, by which the soul is refreshed, supported, or strengthened. To thirst means to have a strong craving or yearning for, a strong desire. It means, uh, rather, it is a sensation of dryness in the mouth. Mm, anybody been thirsty before? It is a dryness in the mouth and throat 
uh, caused by a need of liquid. So there, the Lord uses thirst to bring out something. Now, this, the conversation is shifting from the natural water. He's just using this now. It's shifting from the natural water uh, to satisfy the thirst in the body. Now it's shifting from the natural to the spirit. Because there is a thirst on the inside of us. There are cravings. There are strong desires on the inside of us that we cannot feel by ourselves alone. Man has to get something else to fulfill those desires or cravings. Now, what you reach for will either be a thing that will bless you or a thing that will curse you. The woman says this, sir, the well is deep and you don't have anything. You don't have anything that to use to get this need or desire met in your life. You don't have anything. You need something else. Now, this, this is very prophetic. I pray you hear it. Because you and yourself, the way God made you, you cannot satisfy those deep longings and desires within you. You cannot do it within yourself. You can't. You, you can't. There's nothing that you can do by yourself to meet those needs. But we have to go outside of ourselves to get something else. In this case, she said, sir, you don't have a bucket to draw. You don't have a container to draw, to use, to get your needs met. Now, for her, she used a bucket, but for her bucket, as we're talking spiritually now, was different men because she had had five men, and the one she was living with now was not her husband. Her bucket to draw to get her needs met was relationships, different relationships. She had one husband, that didn't do it. Uh, everybody was so happy for her on that day, I'm very sure. Everybody came to the wedding. But then that marriage went bust. There was something still in her that she was still needing, still wanting. That didn't work out, so she went to the next marriage. Everybody understood, hey girl, we understand. You know, that man just wasn't no good, but you, now you got a good man now. Rutabaga, he's a good man, and he will take care of you, I'm telling you. So they all went to that wedding, understood the first wedding was just a sham, understand, well, you know, he wasn't no good anyway. So here we are now, we're all now at the second wedding, and we're having a good time, dancing around, having a great time. A little while longer than that, boom, the thing goes bust again. Everybody, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, this is your second one, okay. Well, maybe you ought to be single for a while, you know, just, just, just hang out for a while, because you know you got just two, you know. Well, here we go, we're all back at the third wedding now. Surely the third one is going to do it. The first two times you didn't have no sense. We all understand that. But now here's the right man for you. And we have a wedding. We jump around. We eat the cake. We have a party and all that time. And then, and then a little while after that, boom, that marriage go bust. Oh, and then everybody in town saying, what is wrong with you now? You've already had one, two, three husbands. And surely that's it. Now you're going to be single. But no, here we go again to the fourth wedding. She's at the fourth wedding now with this man. But everybody's now saying, oh, she's going to mess up this again. This got to be something with her. It can't be all the men now. So she having it, but maybe she'll get it, maybe she'll get it together now. This is, it. this is her fourth marriage now. So surely she'll get it together. After a while, we dance at the wedding, we eat the cake, we eat the food, have a good time. After a while, boom, there she's back in divorce court. And now she's single again. Everybody telling her, hey, maybe you need just to hold off for a while. You're going through four. You've been through four good men. We all thought the first one wasn't none, but maybe something wrong with you now. 
then a second, then a third, then a fourth. But then maybe you all need to be, be by yourself. But, you know, she's got to be a good-looking woman because all, she's getting all these men around here. Hallelujah. And they know she ain't no virgin because she's already had four husbands. And so now here she comes again. Fifth, fifth wedding now, invitations go out. Uh, everybody looks at them. Oh, I don't know if I'm going. You going? I've been the first two few times. I'm through. I'm through now. I don't have no more gift to give her. Target is out of toaster ovens. I don't have no more silverware. I'm not, I don't care where she's registering at. I ain't going. Wedding number five. Surely this will work out now. I hope so. Now she's the talk of the town and all the ladies know her, you know, because she's just going through men. She's a good looking woman. Get any man she wants to, but she's using men to feel some desire on the inside of her heart. But the men just can't do it. So she's going through them like different flavors at a Baskin Robbins ice cream store. She's going through the men. And so she's now getting married. This is the fifth time. This is the one that will do it. This is the man that will satisfy me until they go to divorce court. And boom, now she's not married to that one anymore. And now she, as she comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus speaks to her and asks her to bring her husband here. She says, I have no husband. The Lord said, you saying right because the one you had five husbands and the one you got now you're shacking up with. So finally now, she's with a sixth relationship, but this time she decides not to marry because marriage has not been working out for her. I wonder, is anybody hearing me? I'm going to close in a second. And so she has been using men or relationships to fill up her water pot. But each time she draws down in the well, in Jacob's well... Remember, she's going in the well to replace something else. Remember, the well means to replace. It's a supplanter. She's trying to, every time she goes down, she, the well, she's going down with an empty heart, and she's filling it up with something else that she thinks it will satisfy her for just a little while. For just a little while. Just, for just a little while. Hopefully, this makes me feel better. Which is the same thing we do with, with drugs and, and alcohol and, and all these relationships, sexual things. We just put, we have our empty heart. We put it down the well just for a little while. And hopefully this will make me feel better just for a little while. But we know that it won't make us feel better for a while, for a long time, but just for a minute. Just for a minute we can be in this drunken place. Because we're in Sychar, and Sychar uh, means here again drunkenness, and we can forget as we're drunk, we can forget about our problems for just a little while. It's let me get roasted or toasted or, or buzzed, you know, knocked out, and I can just forget about my cares just for a little while. This is her security blanket as she drops it in the well and pulls it up. And she's been coming to this well for quite some time, like us going to our wells for quite some time, carrying ours, carrying our buckets. When we get thirsty, when we have a craving, when we have a need, a strong desire, we just get our bucket too and go to the well and get it and go back home. But the Lord said, if you drink that again, if you keep going to coming to this well, doing that, you're going to thirst again and again and again. And the cycle is going to continue. And the cycle is going to continue. And you'll be going through more and more men or more and more this, whatever you're using to feel that desire. It's going to continue and you'll never have peace in your heart, ever. Never have peace in your heart. But he said, if you, just listen to what I'm saying. If you just leave that here with me. 
I'll give you living water. And the water that I will give you will bubble up within you, will spring up within you, and you'll never be thirsty like that again. But you've got to let go of your security blanket. You've got to believe that what I have is better than what this fountain can hold. Are you with me? Now we're coming to a close. Now listen to this. In verse number 11 it says, The, the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. What do you have to draw with out of the well? What, what is your thing? What is your thing that you use to, to, clen- to quench your thirst? You have nothing to draw with, and uh, the well is deep. And, and it's true, Jesus said, the enemy, prince of this world, comes. He has nothing in me. I don't have anything to draw with. Don't need it. <laughs> Are you with me? Oh, a life in Jesus that has nothing to draw with. We're just feasting off and, and drinking from the fountain of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing to control me because if we're still pulling from or drinking from Jacob's well, then if the enemy can control the well, he will control you. Because the moment he takes the price up of the cigarettes, and if you're still with that, and then that's controlling. Now the cigarettes are $15 a pack. Oh my God, what am I going to do now? Now this and that, that's because these are things that the enemy can control and can influence at any given moment. So if he controls your binky, your security blanket, guess what? He's controlling you. Because he'll wake up in the middle of the night. You got an itch, you better go scratch it. You could be sitting in church, get it, got an itch. If the only way you can scratch it is to go get your water, go get your pot and go to your well, whatever your well source is, whether it's up street, down the street, at, uh, at, at um, uh, club naked people, what, whatever it is, or if it's at uh, club gamble, gamble to you drop, whatever it is, if that's your source, if that's your well that you go and get refreshed from, he controls it. That is, he'll dominate you or control your life from that well. If that's where you go to get your relief and they tell you you can't get relief here anymore, what are you going to do? So the Lord doesn't want us to be bound by the devil. He says, just trust in me. I've got something that is better than that. Release your binky. Release your security blanket and trust in me. Now, we've got another four minutes. I'm going to let you go. Are you all still with me today? Have I lost you? Verse number 12 says, he says, uh, verse 12 says, Art thou greater? Now, here's the woman's question. Now, we're not going to finish all, all this today, but we'll, we'll try. It says, Art thou greater than our father Jacob? Now, she's asking Jesus this. Are you greater than Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Now, here's the debate. Hear this. Here's the debate of man. Is Jesus greater than Jacob. Is he, does Jesus have something that is greater to fill my needs than this well here? Can Jesus supply my needs in such a way that I no longer need Jacob's well? That's the debate. That's the debate. Can Jesus give me a better high? Can Jesus give me uh, a, a better drunken sensation? Can Jesus give me excitement? Can Jesus give me pleasure? Can 
Jesus, can Jesus, can Jesus, Jesus, are you greater? Before I leave my binky with you, before I leave my water pot with you, Lord, answer me this question. Can you do me better? That's the question. Can you do me better? Because, you know, I don't, I don't care how religious we are, how much we go to church. Until you believe that Jesus got something better, you're going to keep your binky and your water pot. You say, I, I hear you, preacher. I hear you, preacher. But I'm going to go roll me a little bit up and I'm going to go smoke me a joint tonight. I, I, I hear what you're saying, preacher. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. But until you fully believe it, you're going to keep your blanket. And your blanket is the very thing that is bringing you death. Are you hearing me? Oh, my God. I, I think you're getting this. Go a little bit further. She says, art, art, art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us, the, gave us, us this well and, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered uh, and said unto her, uh, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Do you understand that? If you keep drinking from here, you're going to thirst again. One dab is not going to do you. It's like Lay's potato chip. You eat one, you're going to want to eat another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. And most of us have been eating out or drinking out of this well for 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, and still coming up. And we still know every time we come, we know we're going to have to come again. But every time we, we taste, taste the sweet nectar of Jacob's well, all it does is make us more thirsty. Um, hmm. The Lord says in verse 14, But whosoever drinketh, whosoever drinketh, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, verse 15, and we'll have to stop here. Now, understand, you're gonna, you can either drink from Jacob's well or you can drink from the water that Jesus has. Here are your choices. You can either drink from Jacob's well or drink from the water that Jesus has. Jacob's well is going to require you some work. You have to leave wherever you are. It's going to be very inconvenient to go, la, 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 la. Got my water container. Going to get me. You got to drag. You got to carry your pot your and then put it all the way in the thing and then carry out this heavy water and hope you don't spill any of it on the way home and all the while you're looking around hoping nobody see you with the stuff that you now got that you that you're using to quench your thirst i can't get no talk in here let me close the blinds let me close the door let me drive 80 miles out of the way 20 miles down the way down the street up street around the corner make sure nobody sees me with this water that's the hard way. The Lord Jesus said, my way, he said, I will put in you a well, the water that springs up. The water just springs up out of it, like a water fountain. You just got to just put your lips to it. Ooh, and, and you know, just you just, 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 just pull it in. Just, just get it in you. Are you with me? Now, there's so much more I can show you here, but we got to close on this point. My goodness. Notice the Lord said, you're going to drink. You're going to drink from one or the other. You say, well, I'm in church. I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm in church, and I, I understand what's going on. I understand about Jesus and all that. I understand. But I still got this in me. I understand about the Holy Ghost. I shake all the time. I'm telling you, I come to church, and I just shake, and, and I, I speak in tongues, but it, it's still in me. What's the problem? You haven't drank 
from the Spirit. Well, what does it mean to drink from the Spirit? Let me tell you. The word drink means to take water or, or other liquid into the mouth and swallow it. And swallow it. We've heard the gospel a lot, but have you swallowed it? Have you got it down? Or has it just been choking you? <coughs> no sooner than you leave the church, <coughs> you, you're spitting it out. You haven't swallowed it. You've got to get it down in you. The word of God goes forth. We just taste it. Put our, put our lips all, all on it. Oh, we show sure taste good. Boy, that was show some good word today. Woo, pastor, show did preach, show did preach. But did you swallow it? Or did you just get the sensation of it? Oh, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it. Statistically speaking, people only hear about 10% of what's being heard. 10%. Unless you hear it again and again and again and again. Most of us in church today only hear the message one time. You only get 10% of it. And you go home, what's about? I don't know, but it was so good. Uh, he said this or he said that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What are your notes? Uh, I didn't take no notes, but it was so good, so good. So we leave 90% of what God said at the altar and then go out and struggle throughout the week and say, God, help me, help me, help me, please. When he said, I gave you help, but you didn't hear it. You got to swallow it. Take it in. Swallow the word. Get it in you. Receive it completely. Well, at the end of this, we'll have to finish it next week, but at the end of this, she left her water, her water pot behind. She swallowed what Jesus said. And today, that is exactly what we need to do. We need to leave our water pots behind, our, our binkies, leave them behind. She left her water pot right there with Jesus at the well, and she went back home. Other things happen. Maybe we'll get it next time. You can read it yourself. But she left it there with the Lord. And we're in the place today, and I, I pray that we're in the place today, that there's a cry on the inside of us that says, Lord, I don't want to go back to Jacob's well anymore. I believe what you have for me is better, and I receive what you have, and I want to leave my pot there with you. Being filled with you. She was so filled with the words of Jesus that she went back and she preached to her whole town. So filled with Jesus. I wonder today, are we in the place where we can believe Jesus more, swallow what he said, and believe that he has something better, and that we don't need this third wheel on our date with Jesus. I want to be intimate with him. I want to know him. I want to be filled with his power. I want to be filled with his presence. And it's his third wheel. This old nasty third wheel. You know, hookamonka, sister hookamonka coming with me on my date. Jesus said, no, let's just be together, me and you. No, Lord, I got to have, I got to have some excitement, Lord. Come on, let, let it come on, let it come on. I got to have some excitement, you know, because it may get kind of boring living that Christian life, you know, so I need something else. Lord said, you don't need that. I got what you need, homeboy. I got what you need. You don't need her. Let her go. You don't need him. Let him go. You don't need it. I got exactly what you need. Swallow it. Believe in Jesus. We'll go more next time. Give the Lord a hand of praise. We're finished this week. Hallelujah. 
Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.